Welcome to Zichud Asim Man Member by Avram Goldar, and today we're in Zichud Shoshana Dav Chavches. The third parak Rohu Basin. Masechus Rosh Hashanah has been generously sponsored as a schus for Chaya Bas Esther. So the three dubs are going to focus on number one. Rav Yudas said, Bashover One should not blow at the shofar of an Ola, but if he did blow it, that he has fulfilled his chiv. One should not blow at the shofar of a shlamim, and if he did, he has not fulfilled his chiv. What's the difference between them? Ola is bas me'ilahi. An Ola is subject to me'ilah. Therefore, once he blew its horn and thereby committed me'ilah with it, the horn goes out to the unconsecrated state. But shlamim are not subject to the laws of me'ilah. And therefore, even when their horns are blown, the prohibition rests upon them and they do not go out to an unconsecrated state. Rabbi challenged this interpretation saying that the blow of the Ola's horn only commits me'ilah after he blew the horn. But while he's blowing it, he blew while the horn was still in a prohibited state. Rava initially said that one does not fulfill his chiv with the Ola and Shami horns, but then subsequently stated that one does fulfill his chiv with both of them. Because mitzvahs, mitzvahs were not given to Yisrael for the purpose of deriving benefit from their fulfillment. Rashi explains that they were given as a yoke upon one's neck. Point number two, they sent to Shmuel's father the following statement. One compelled another to eat matzah on Pesach. The latter has fulfilled his chiv. After clarifying that the case was where Persians compelled the person to eat the matzah, Rava said, This ruling indicates that one who blows the shofar on Rosh Hashanah for the purpose of playing a song has nonetheless fulfilled his chiyuv. The Gemara said this is obvious, given that both cases are where the person had no intent to fulfill the mitzvah. The Gemara answers that without Rava's inference, one might have thought that in the case of matzah, matzah the Torah said, eat matzah, and this co-heiress person, in fact, ate matzah and fulfilled the mitzvah. Whereas in the second case, Zikron Truxim, it's written that on Rosh Hashanah there shall be a remembrance of Shofar Blas. And this one is merely a preoccupied individual and therefore does not fulfill the mitzvah. Kamash Melan, the Rav is coming to inform us that they are indeed analogous and that the Shofar Blur also fulfills its chiyuv. From here we see that Rav holds mitzvahs ain't zrichus kavana. Mitzvahs do not require kavana. And point number three, the Gemara brings a number of challenges to Rav's opinion that mitzvahs ain't zrichus kavana. Abai said to Rabbah, but now, according to your opinion, Hayashim Bishmini Basuka Yilka, one who sleeps in a sukkah on the eighth day of sukkah should receive malchus for performing the mitzvah of an additional day. Rabbah responded, That is not so. Shaniomir mitzvahs ain't overlen elbazmanan. For I say with regard to mitzvahs that one transgresses for adding on to them only during their designated time of performance. Rashi brings the examples of one adding a fifth compartment to his hetfilon or taking five species during the seven days of sukkahs. Simply repeating a mitzvah after the time of its performance has passed is not a violation. After numerous challenges, Rava modifies the statement that the rule with respect to violating Baltosif is that during the mitzvah's designated time, kavana is not required, shalobazmana, boy kavana, but not during its designated time, it does require kavana. So once again, the three points are number one, Rav Yehuda said, One should not blow with the shofar of an ola, but if he did blow with it, he has fulfilled his chiyuv. One should not blow with the shofar of a shlamim, and if he did, he has not fulfilled his chiyuv. What's the difference between them? Ola bas me'ilahi, and ola is subject to me'ilah. Therefore, once he blew its horn and thereby committed me'ilah with it, the horn goes out to the unconsecrated state. But shlamim are not subject to the laws of me'ilah. And therefore, even when their horns are blown, the prohibition rests upon them and they do not go out to an unconsecrated state. Rabbit challenges this interpretation, saying that the blow of the Ola's horn only commits me'ilah after he blew the horn. But while he's blowing it, he blew it while the horn was still in a prohibited state. Rabbi initially said that one does not fulfill his chiyuv with the Ola and Shomim horns, 
But then subsequently stated that one does fulfill his chiv with both of them because mitzvahs love lahanos nitna. Mitzvahs were not given to Yisrael for the purpose of deriving benefit from their fulfillment. Rush explains they were given as a yoke upon one's neck. Point number two, they sent Ishmael's father the following statement. One compelled another to eat matzah on Pesach. The latter has fulfilled the schiuv. After clarifying that the case was where Persians compelled the person to eat the matzah, Ravis said, This ruling indicates that one who blows a shofar on Rosh Hashanah for the purpose of playing a song has nonetheless fulfilled the schiuv. The Gemara said this is obvious, given that both cases are where the person had no intent to fulfill the mitzvah. The Gemara answers that without Rav's inference, one might have thought that in the case of matzah, matzah the Torah said, eat matzah, and this coerced person, in fact, ate matzah and fulfilled the mitzvah. Whereas in the second case, zikron truoksi, it's written that on Rosh Hashanah there shall be a remembrance of shofar blasts, and this one is merely a preoccupied individual, and therefore does not fulfill the mitzvah. Kamash Malan, that Rav is coming to inform us that they are indeed analogous, and that the shofar bor also fulfills its chiyuv. From here we see the Rava holds, from here we see the Rava holds, mitzvahs ain't srikhus kavana, mitzvahs do not require kavana. And point number three, the Gemara brings a number of challenges to Rava's opinion that mitzvahs ain't srikhus kavana. Abai said to Rava, but now, according to your opinion, hayashim mishmini besukkah yilka, one who sleeps in a sukkah on the eighth day of sukkahs should receive malchus for performing the mitzvah for an additional day. Rava responded, that is not so, shani omer mitzvahs ain't overlen el bezmanan. For I say with regard to mitzvahs that one transgresses for adding on to them only during their designated time of performance. Rashi brings the examples of one adding a fifth compartment to his head fillin or taking five species during the seven days of sukkahs. Simply repeating a mitzvah after the time of its performance has passed is not a violation. After numerous challenges, Rava modifies his statement that the rule with respect to violating baltosif is that during the mitzvah's designated time, kavana is not required. Shalobazmano boy kavana, but not during its designated time, it does require kavana. Alright, so now we go to our similar dav chavches, and our standard simon is a strong man, a strong man koach. So here goes. The strong man who blew with all his might into a shofar that was taken from an ola to play his favorite song couldn't wake up his friend who went to sleep in a sukkah on the eighth day of sukkahs with kavana. Once again in slow motion. The strong man, strong man, that must be more on dav chavches. The strong man who blew with all of his might into a shofar that was taken from an ola, which reminds us, Rebuto holds one should not blow the shofar of an ola, but if he did, he hasn't fulfilled his chiv, whereas one should not blow the shofar of a shalmi. If he did, he hasn't fulfilled his chiv. What's the difference between them? Ola is bas me'ila here, and ola is subject to me'ila. Therefore, once he blew its horn and thereby committed me'ila with it, the horn goes out to the unconsecrated state. Rabbi say that one does fulfill his chiv with both of them because mitzvahs love Hanasnit. The mitzvahs were not given to Israel for the purpose of driving benefit from the fulfillment. Rashi explains that they were given as a yoke upon one's neck. So the strong man who blew with all of his might into a shofar that was taken from an ola to play his favorite song, which reminds us, Rabbi said that a ruling that one who is forced to eat matzah is yotzi's chiv indicates that one who blows a shofar from Rosh for the purpose of playing a song has also fulfilled his chiv. Rav is coming to teach that one might have thought in the case of matzah, echo matzah amar boha The Torah said, eat matzah, and this coerced person, in fact, ate matzah and fulfilled the mitzvah. Whereas in the second case, zikron truoksib, it's written that on Rosh Hashanah there shall be a remembrance of shofar blast, v'hai masasik ba'amahu, and this one is merely a preoccupied individual, and therefore does not fulfill the mitzvah. Kamash Mohan, that Rav is coming to inform us that they are indeed analogous, and the shofar blower also fulfills his chiv. So from here we see the Rav holds, mitzvahs ain't srichos kavana. Mitzvahs do not require kavana. So the strong man who blew with all of his might into a shofar that was taken from an ola to play his favorite song couldn't wake up his friend who went to sleep in a sukkah on the eighth day of sukkahs 
with Kavana, which reminds us that Rabbah rules regarding a case where one sleeps in a sukkah on the eighth day, that with respect to violating Baltosiv, the rule is that during the missus designated time, Kavana is not required. Shalobismano boy Kavana, but not during its designated time, it does require Kavana. So once again, the strong man who blew with all of his might into a shofar that was taken from Nola to play his favorite song couldn't wake up his friend who went to sleep in a sukkah on the eighth day of sukkahs with Kavana. All right, now it's time for a four-blot back chazor. Dav Chavdalot. So the similar Dav Chavdalot is a pitcher, a cud, a pitcher. So here goes. The witness was peering at the new moon through a glass pitcher, pitcher. That must be more Dav Chavdalot, cud. The witness was peering at the new moon through a glass pitcher, which reminds us that if Aiden say we saw the moon reflected in the water or reflected through a lantern, or we saw it through the clouds, they cannot testify. But and similarly, if they say we saw half of it reflected in the water or half of it in the clouds, or half of it through a lantern, they may not testify about it. The more clarifies that these latter statements are coming to teach, they may not testify even if they saw the other half in the sky. So the witnesses who were peering at the new moon through a glass pitcher got a shock when it shattered from the shouts of Makudish Makudish, which reminds us that more brings the source of the Rosh based in to say Makudish, and for the nation to respond, Makudish Makudish. So the witness who was peering at the new moon through a glass pitcher got a shock when it shattered from the shouts of Makudish Makudish. That were said after the witnesses pointed to the correct position of the moon on the Rosh based in's astronomy tablet, which reminds us that three reasons are given as to how Raman Gamliel was permitted to have various moon shapes on a tablet to help the witnesses to clarify what they saw, despite the Pusik that says, Lo Sasuniti, you shall not make with me, which is interpreted to mean, Lo Sasun Shamashai, you shall not make images of my servants who serve me on high. The first answer is that since Raman Gamliel was a Nasi, many people were frequently in attendance, therefore there was no suspicion they were being worshipped, or the Prakim Hava, they were made of sections, or Lislamid Asa, Raman Gamliel made the images for the purpose of study. Daf Chafhe, so the Simmer Daf Chafhe is a silver wedding anniversary. So here goes. The husband who planned a spectacular silver anniversary party. Silver anniversary party? That must be more Daf Chafhe. The husband who planned a spectacular silver anniversary party. Perfectly timed for Rosh Chodesh, down to the exact Chalakim. Which reminds us, Roman Gamil had a tradition from the house of his father's father that the new moon is never less than 29 and a half days, two-thirds of an hour, and 73 Chalakim from the previous one. So the husband planned a spectacular silver anniversary party, perfectly timed for Rosh Chodesh, down to the exact Chalakim, was devastated when Basin validated the wrong date. Which reminds us, Rabbi Kiva comforted Rabbi Yeshua, whom Rabbi Gamliel forced to come to Basin carrying a staff and money on the day that Rabbi Yeshua held, was Yom Kippur, by reminding what Rabbi Yeshua himself had taught. With regard to the designation of Yom Tovim, the word Osam is repeated three times and spelled defectively without the Vav, and is therefore expounded as if it were vowelized Atem, you. This teaches us, Atem Afil Shogagim, Atem Afil Mizidim, Atem Afil Mutim. The festivals you declare are valid even if you choose the wrong date in there, even if you choose the wrong date deliberately, meaning they declared Rosh Chodesh on the wrong date for some compelling reason that entitles them to do so, and even if you were misled. So, the husband who planned a spectacular silver anniversary party, perfectly timed for Rosh Chodesh, down to the exact Chalakim, was devastated when Basin validated the wrong date, before two judges who saw the new moon, had a chance to testify. Which reminds us, if Basin alone saw the new moon, two of the judges should stand and testify before the others, even though ain't Shmiya Domularia, Rabbi Zer explains this case was when they saw the new moon at night, when Basin cannot be Makadish, the moon. Chavav, so the Simrdav Chavav is a military coup. So here goes. The soldier who mistakenly wore a cow horn on his helmet for the coup, coup, that must be more Duff Chavav. The soldier mistakenly wore a cow horn on his helmet for the coup, unlike the others who wore chauffeurs of other animals, 
which reminds us that the Chabim hold that all types of horns are kosher to be used as shofars except for cow horns because they're called Karen's horns and not shofars. Rabbi Yossi holds that all horns are called Karen's as well, and he brings a pusik to expand that a cow horn is also referred to as a shofar. So the soldier mistakenly wore a cow horn on his helmet for the coup, unlike the others who wore shofars of other animals was forced to remove the gold stitching from his white garments, which reminds us two additional reasons are given why the Chamim do not permit cow horns as shofars. Ul said it's based on the principle of en kategornasis and egor. Just as the Kongado does not wear gold when he goes into Kush Kodashi in Yom Kippur, because it recalls the sin of the Egel Zahav, using a cow horn as a shofar also recalls the sin of the Egel Zahav. Abai says the reason is because the Pasuk calls for a single shofar. Not like a cow's horn, since it's composed of individual shells, it appears like two or three shofars. So the soldier mistakenly wore a cow horn on his helmet for the coup, unlike the others who were chauffeurs of other animals, was forced to remove the gold stitching from his white garments and bend down in submission on Rosh Hashanah and blow a bent shofar. Which reminds us, Rebuta holds that one should use a bent shofar on Rosh Hashanah to reflect a sense of submission and a straight one on the Yom Kippur of Yovel to reflect freedom. The Tanakhama holds a straight one should be used on Rosh Hashanah and a bent one should be used on fast days. Dav Chavzayin. So the simmer Dav Chavzayin is a kazoo. So here goes. The two kids who proudly blew their silver kazoos, kazoos, that must be one of Chav Zion. The two kids who proudly blew their silver kazoos, which reminds us, the Mishnah and Dav Chav Vav Bay State regarding blowing the shofar on Rosh Hashanah in the base of Migdash, the two trumpets are blown at the sides. The shofar marich, v'chatzros is mekatzros, shemitz is a yom b'shofar. The shofar blast is extended, the trumpets blow short, for the midst of the day is with the shofar. The Gemara clarifies that two sounds from two people are discernible in certain circumstances, such as in the case of Halal and Megill, where even ten people can read them simultaneously. Since each of these readings are dear to the listener, he puts his mind to discern every word. Here too, since the mitzvah of shofar is dear, he puts his mind to hear the sound of the shofar while the trumpets are blown. So the two kids who probably blew their silver kazoos as the ball Takea blew a shofar, whose mouth was plated in gold, which reminds us, the mission say that the mouth of the shofar blown on Rosh Hashanah in the base of Migdash is plated with gold, whereas the mouths of shofars blown on fast days are plated with silver. Two reasons are given for the difference. If you prefer, you can say, every assembly is convened with silver instruments based on the Pasuk, or you can say a Torah chasam, Mamon and Shisrael. The Torah is concerned for Yisrael's money and did not want to burn the communal treasury with the expense of plating with gold. The Gemara said if there's a monetary burden, then the shofar of Rosh Hashanah should also be plated with silver, and the answer is, Afil hachi kavid yantav adif. Nevertheless, contributing to the honor of Rosh Hashanah by playing the shofar with gold is a greater consideration. So the two kids who probably blew their silver kazoos as the Baltic Hay blew a shofar, whose mouth was plated in gold, were appalled when their friend blew into his kazoo from the wrong end. Which reminds us, it was taught in a bright Sahafku, but talk about Uliyatza, if he reversed the shofar and blew into it, he's not fulfilled his chiv. The Torah says, Vahavarta, and shall cause it true to pass. This teaches Der Chavarasubinan, that we require the shofar to be blown in a manner in which it is carried on the animal's head, meaning with the original narrow end still narrow and the original wide end still wide. All right, that concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Ron Golden Zichmushin, a great day and great learning.